for just about everything for the outdoors. Go to MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Today is March 7th, 2023, and today's guest is Jake Bush, but we got a little bit of twist. Uh, David is going to be the main host this week. Yay, hey, let's see what you got. Going to throw him into the fire. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, well I, I had two guests on. Um, Jake was on. Then we kind of had this other guy on. Didn't yep. really know what he was doing too much, but... Uh, he, you know, some people know him by the, you go A B or something like that. I guess they yeah. call him, but yep. he's kind of he's kind of new to podcasting. So I could tell he was he was he was pretty nervous, you know. But by the end of it, he he shook it out and did all right. Yeah, I think he did all right. I don't know. It it'll be well. That's a great as great his uh, performance and just see how that goes. But <laughs> yeah, it's I haven't turned the reins over much, you know, uh, to this podcast and had to do it. And I think you passed with flying colors. I I did see the sweat dripping a little bit on your face and, you, you know, but you did well. You did well. I've taught you well. And uh, <laughs> no, yeah, I didn't need to teach you anything. You're just you're good. If honestly, if you can talk to anybody, you can be a podcast host, to be honest with you. So you did good. I like it. Yeah. So appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah, and, and honestly, we, we said it uh, fri- on Friday's episode, the One Giant Mistake episode that was supposed to run this week, technical difficulties, some corrupt files that I cannot get back. I tried to get them back, recovered and everything, and I could not. Um, one of the first, well, I shouldn't say one of the, yeah, it is, I mean, it hasn't happened much. It's happened before, but uh, need to really figure out that and and uh, do better. Um, I apologize to everybody and the guest uh that we had on but uh i don't think we're gonna be able to do that episode this year we're gonna you know hopefully maybe bump it to next year because we do want to do this series again next year we're just time sensitive with this uh with this series and we got a really cool project coming up that we're hoping to drop in april um if we can if we can get it completed and uh i think a lot of people will really like it the guests that we're gonna have on is 
top notch. Um, and I think there'll be a lot of this is going to be more of like a like a um, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for. It's going to be more of like X's and O's. It's going to be yeah. you know time sensitive scouting, um, but more into the weeds, not so much like deer porn, you know, stories, but more into the weeds of the ins and outs of some scouting. Uh, I don't want to give too much away. So yeah. Yep. Just, just know that the, the guest is very well educated, <laughs> very well spoken, well uh, known track record speaks for itself. And, and we're going to take a deep, deep dive into scouting and honestly the whole process really. Yeah. Yep. I'm excited about it. Cause, uh, I'm going to learn a lot. I can tell you that, and uh, I'm excited about that. So, But today's podcast, like we preempted on Friday and just a little bit ago, Jake Bush is on, and uh, myself and David's going to start you know, grilling us with questions, which um, it was really cool. It was just kind of neat to kind of give a behind-the-scenes look into Jake and I's move over to Latitude Outdoors and uh, you know, a little backstory on Jake and myself a little bit. A lot of people that listen to this podcast know where I've come from and and what I've done. So we kind of focus a little more on Jake on that. And David came up with all these questions. This was his doing and, uh, he passed with flying colors. So it was really cool though. It was, it was, it was a good experience. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a really cool to see, you know, as much as we all love talking hunting and we tried, we tried really hard not to get down too many rabbit holes. There might've been one or two in there, but like it's easy to do a, though. <laughs> it, it is very easy to do, yeah. and, but you know, th- there is a different side to, you know, outside of just hunting. Like the, you get, these people have full-time jobs and, and even though they are in the industry, they are working. So we take a, a really kind of good look at the behind the scenes. We don't really talk about too much things that may be happening, you know, coming up, but, uh, you know, it really, you know, what it feels like to step away from, you know, a comfortable day in, day out type of job and, uh, what the future holds, what your guys' roles are in the company and uh, maybe even some future hunting trips coming up. Yeah. Yep. For sure. And, uh, yeah, we, we didn't want to unpack the bag too much because there are some th- things we need to keep under wraps because, uh, you know, it's just, that's the biz. It is what it yep. is. You know, um, if you know, you know, if you don't, then well, maybe you will know someday. <laughs> so, um, no, but we're, I mean, we're in, basically second week of march uh i've still got snow on the ground um david has a little bit um but he hasn't they haven't had as much snow as we have but uh it's david's favorite month to uh scout and uh i couldn't agree more with him it's just it's hard for me to go out and scout when I can't see the ground, <laughs> like yeah. I want to see leaves. I want to see dirt. I want to see scrapes. Um, I guess I got a question for you. How much merit do you put on rubs this time of year when you're scouting? Well, they, well you know, it's so situational dependent, you know, are, are we talking about a rub from this last year? Uh, are we talking about a, a, a rub that was from two years ago? Um, yeah, gosh, we could go down a, a really big rabbit hole on that, but let me, I'll just hit on one thing that I don't, I don't hear people talk too much about rubs. And I, I think it, I think it very well could be overlooked. And I was guilty of this years ago. I'm just going to throw out an example here. Let's say you're in an oak flat. Okay. Or like up on a, a ridge that's, you know, has oaks and has historically at some point dropped some acorns. 
you ever get into an area where it's just absolutely littered with rubs, but they're old. Like they look like they're two or three years old. It, you ever ran across one of those situations before? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Okay. Not yep. not every year, but there's times where you kind of run into that, and you're like, it just kind of hits you like like a fart in the face. You know what I mean? Like whoa. Well, like, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And in when you find those, you're like, oh my gosh, man. Like it must have been like there must have been a buck in here just tearing it up, right? Mm-hmm. But 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 they're two years old, like. No, none of these rubs weren't hit last year. So instantly, I think some guys may think, oh, man, that buck's dead. Well, I've kind of learned where, like, a lot of those areas that I see get real tore up like that in and around, like, you know, like I said, oak flats or up on ridges, those are acorn-dependent years, okay? When I see a ridge that's got that has acorns or oaks on it, and those rubs are two or three years old, I, that makes me maybe excited for this next year because of this. That tells me the acorns probably didn't drop in there last year. You can look around on the ground, but when that sign's telling you it's two or three years old, that maybe that next year, those oak trees are going to start producing again, or maybe two years down the road. But it's something to always kind of watch for. Don't don't just go, oh, they're old rubs. It wasn't good in here this last year. I think some of those areas, they're food, de- like soft mass food dependent. And you got like you got to put those in your memory bank. So that, yeah. that's just that's a little something I've I've learned. I've learned the hard way from it. Just kind of writing them off, thinking, nah. He, he's dead or it wasn't hot in here last year then you you write it off that next year and then all of a sudden you're back in there postseason scout again you're like holy shit it's all tore up again why well the reason why is because the acorns they were producing that ne- next year that's a good point um yeah that's a really good point because i've got an oak flat uh at the property at the family farm that um i've never really took that approach to that oak flat because I just never have, but it's, it's something I'd look for now. You know what I mean? It's a good point to like, you know, if there's a lot of, uh, older rubs, like you said, you know, maybe that's a year when you do start scouting acorns and then when they're dropping, that's like, you could throw a sit at that or put some cameras in there or, you know, scout it a little different or maybe not cross it off the bottom, you know, off the, off the list of like, we're not going to pursue this because I will say the, the Oak flat that we have is very hit or miss. And it was always like a question like, you know, why is it? Well, the answer is like, well, maybe they weren't producing that year or, you know, it's just another thing to look at when you're scouting is, you know, when they are hitting and you can see that the acorns are dropping, that's a time to get in there and maybe throw a sit at it or something. So that that's a good point. I like that. Yeah, it's, it's just, you know, I mean, we could go on for two hours talking about rubs and how we're reading them this time of year but that's one thing i i don't hear a lot of guys talk about and i think it could very easily get overlooked and the only reason i'm saying it because i was one i yeah. learned the hard way yeah i won't i won't let it happen to me again yep that's cool that's a good take there i like that yeah. um i'm gonna let's let's get into our question here and then okay. we'll uh we'll do some partner reads and we'll get into this interview with jake um i just don't want to uh kind of prolong this as much as yeah yeah. We have to, so Yeah. Well I'm going I'm going first this week. Okay. And I okay. actually have a I have a question that is gonna play I it's almost like we planned this, okay? Because I, I have this it's wrote down right here in the notes. Okay. So the great question. Okay. Great question to piggyback what we just went off of. Okay. Okay. 
It's opening day, and you have to pick one stand location. The wind is good for either one, so you get to pick, okay? Are you taking a secluded bean field that's still green, or are you taking a secluded white oak flat that's currently dropping? When's opener? What day? Uh, let's just make it Michigan. It's October 1. And you and it's a so that would make kind of a late planted, uh, a late planted bean field if it, if it's still green, right? And it's secluded. Maybe it's got some good shade back there or something. Well, okay, are because you get to pick one. I know, but it's like, are, is there been scouting involved? Do I have a pattern on a deer? <laughs> like, um, uh, yeah. Let's let's just say, let's say you have you have one of your target deer that. He's been known to hit both of them. Okay, but like they're but like the acorns are just starting to drop. But you also have a in a lush green leafed bean field still. It's opening okay. day. So <clears throat> if I know where he's bedding, okay. If I've done my due diligence and I know where he's bedding, and I think he's staging up in these acorns before, and I think he's not gonna. <laughs> this is probably not the answer you want. Uh, I'm not gonna get to the bean field before I'm going to the acorns. Obviously, that's okay. probably the not sexy answer. Uh, but if I don't know that, if uh, if he's kind of throwing you for a loop, but it, let's say I'm scouting this field and he's showing up in this bean field every night in daylight, but he's just he's coming in the field different areas, and I just really don't really know, um, and you can't pinpoint where he's at. I'm gonna throw a passive sit. I'm gonna throw a sit at the bean field, and then um, you know hopefully get lucky. And, um, if I can't, then, you know what? Um, yeah, that's what I would do. But if it's Michigan, eight times out of 10, I'm going to the Oaks. And the, and the reason being is because in Michigan where I've hunted and everything I've hunted, um, you don't see shooter bucks in beans like you do out in the Midwest. Um, not very often anyway. You will, but not very often. So um, I'm probably going to try to get a little deeper and try to get them before. Those deer here are usually not hitting the fields until after dark or really close to after dark. So I'm also going to say I'm probably more likely than not I'm going to go to the acorns. Okay. I like it. In Michigan. Like it, but, but if I'm anywhere else – out of Michigan, I'm. It's it's just so situational dependent and scouting dependent. Like, if I know I can get into those acorns, okay, let's put it this way: if I know I can get into those acorns of being undetected, I'm still gonna go to the acorns. Like, I'd like to be closer. I would love to see that deer get out of his bed and then mosey on over and um, uh, and get an opportunity at him. So yeah, yeah, good yeah. answer, buddy. I know, like. I mean, I, when I typed it out, I was asking myself, you know what I mean, what I would do. And like yeah. you said, it's it's I I I I like how you said situational dependent, but I even I like even more how you said like it's more scouting dependent. I, I that's I like that. Yeah. Yep. So, okay, I got a couple that were submitted here, um, but boy, I really want to do one that I. Well, let's let's do this. Do one that you did, and maybe like the uh, the listeners submitted one that will both answer that one okay here's one i had would you rather shoot a 130 inch six point or a 150 inch eight pointer 
Oh, I'm taking the uh, eight point all day, dude. Really? I I I, I love big eights. Now I get it. That's a big six. Right? That's a huge six. That's a that's a huge six. How how big was the six again? 130 inch six pointer. Okay, so I'm I'm taking the eight. Okay, I'm, dude, I'm ta- I'm taking the eight. Okay, but let me. I can I just tell you something real quick. Yeah. I I have an uncle that was just as big into bow hunting as we were back in the day. Okay. And he went up to Alberta, and he's got a six point he killed up there. And I don't maybe I've showed you or not. You have shown me. And he's yeah, and he's. He's north of 130, and he looks he he's looks huge, freaking huge, dude. I know what I'm so saying. Big. Yeah, I honestly yeah. would tell you, if I had a 130 inch six pointer out in front of me, over a 150 inch eight pointer, it'd be a tough decision. But boy, that <laughs> that 130 inch six pointer would look giant. Yeah, it would. You know, because you know that that 136, like the 158, like. You could you could make him with not having to be like super wide. We're like mm-hmm. I feel like the six would have to be wide. Yeah, to yeah. Beat that he'd have to have he'd have to have twos that were twelve, thirteen inches long. Yeah. He'd have to have yeah. like twenty six inch main beams, you yeah. know, and brows that were probably eight inches. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I just have I don't know. It's that's that's a great question, but I. I didn't even really have to think about it because there's something about like a giant, uh, giant eight. But there's guys out there that they like. It's not like a like they're stung by these big eights because it's, mm-hmm. it's not a bad thing to have. But man, there's you'll hear some guys out there. They're like they've just have shot some beautiful giant eight points where they're like, all right, I'm tired of those. I need some tens now. Yeah. You know, where it's like, <laughs> dude, I look at those eights because, dude, you look, you put a one fifty eight on the wall. Next to like a a one sixty ten that that one fifty eight looks a lot bigger than that ten will look. Oh yeah. Well, let's put it this way. So I got my, you know, my typical ten back from Ohio that went one seventy, and I put him right next to the Hambino that's one eighty six and massive and just shit everywhere. Yep. Who looks bigger? The yeah. typical one seventy. He looks, and I'm like, oh my god! I didn't realize it was going to be like that. But when yeah. you walk into the room, it's like, boom, he's there. And I'm like, wow. Like, it's, yeah. I love those typical framey deer. Oh, man. It, I tell you, the more, the more I've kind of, uh, it's not like I've even been around like a lot of giant deer, but like the more I'm around higher end class deer, the more respect I have for those just, just those framey bastards, man. Oh, and, I, and, and I'm a, I'm a, like, I'm a high and tight kind of like, I love those those heavy, massive, tall tined, narrow rack box. Like that's that's my flavor. It's like my flavor of ice cream, you know. Yep. But but the more I see those framey deer, you know, especially like when you're watching them on a video or something on a hunt, and it's like you see those things coming through the the timber, and it's like, what is that thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Okay, let's throw a submitted question here. So I, I'm not gonna say the guy's name. Okay. Just because he never really specified, and I really don't want to throw him out there like that. He'll know. Like, if he listens, he'll know. Um, sure. Okay. If you could only hunt with a crossbow or a rifle, would you still hunt? I I would still hunt with a rifle. I wouldn't have a problem with that. But you wouldn't I, hunt with a crossbow? Am I picking one? Um, I think I'm picking one, right? I have to pick one. 
Okay. Yeah, let's make it more interesting. If you had to pick oh, one, yeah. If you had to pick one crossbore rifle for the rest of your life, what are you hunting with? <laughs> <laughs> That's the question. That's the question. I, dude, and I have like I've said it before. I have nothing against crossbows. I mean, how my kids use them. But if I if I am fully physical, the my fully physical ability. To shoot a compound, that's what I'm going to shoot. So, with that being said, if I'm a healthy human being, I'm taking the rifle. That wasn't the question, though. Yeah, you did. You told me to pick one. Yeah. All right. So, you're picking the rifle. Yeah. 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 Okay. Am I misunderstanding this? No, you're good. You're good. I was just trying to, bring, I was just trying, trying to bring a little conflict in it. That's it. <laughs> no. No. I'm, I'm picking the crossbow. Okay. The reason Poor. being it, the reason being is because I love to hunt in October. Oh, okay. I I see where you're going with that. I I don't know if I could physically stand it to just be outside on my porch when the leaves are changing and you know colder weather is coming. I I physically am meant to be in the timber at that time. Yeah, I I that is that is a great point that. That I didn't even think about. That would be hard to, hard. Oh, I would have to. I would have to chase, you know. God, it, but it's it's a rifle, so I couldn't do like. Doesn't Kansas have like the early muzzleloader seasons and stuff like that? Like I couldn't. It's not a rifle though. A, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because otherwise, I would try to chase those around. You know, but but let's think uh, about it. Like I think the earliest gun season, and I could be way wrong on this, is probably going to be somewhere in that like early part of november like you're not gonna be able to hunt until november and like screw that man like i yeah that's 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 a great point aaron i i didn't even think of like the season part i was i was thinking just straight weapon part well and think about this too like the crossbow you could still go kill velvet deer you could go still hunt in september and stuff like well how about how about this the crossbow you could hunt all fall still you could Mm -hmm. still go out during gun season I mean, because yep. it's a damn near gun anyways. So yeah. <laughs> you, could do, you could go out September, October, November, December, and January. You could mm-hmm. go out. Now, just one more loophole. Okay, ready? Yep. You're shooting a crossbow, but you don't have a disability. So that's also going to keep you out of, well, it would keep you out of Iowa, but so would the rifle. I couldn't go to Iowa with a rifle. So me and you would right. be done in Iowa. Think yep. of that. That would yeah, that would be suck. Tough. God, that would suck. That'd be all right though. If I could never hunt Iowa again, that'd, that'd be all right. I still got to yeah. be able to hunt. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Good question. <laughs> good, good question. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I I almost I almost think I may change my mind on the, the once you brought up the seasons part like yeah. that that would be tough right because we're such die hard bow hunters i mean people hear us talk all the time where it's like we want to be done by november 15th and mm-hmm. here i would be having to wait until november 15th yep, yep. And well it, at least in michigan you can hunt like yep. half a season now with a gun so <laughs> oh yeah you get like 28 days it's like geez yeah. old pete's yeah. yeah so thank Shots you guys fired. yeah okay <laughs> jesus change it would you please change it um anyway thank you for submitting that question um and guys submit some more questions uh dm me dm david uh anything on instagram and that's what we'll get and and if you want us to say your name we can um 
just tell us in that in that post. So we got some more questions coming. Not this week. We're already running a little late on this. It's 24 minutes on this intro, and I need to get to some partners real quick. So don't fast forward yet. I'm gonna rip right through these real quick. America's Best Bowstrings, uh, a new string. If you guys need one, go to americasbestbowstrings.com. Use the code the fall to uh, save some money on that. Helix Broadheads, Fall HX10 at helixbroadheads.com. Latitude Outdoors, use the Fall Podcast, all one word, all lowercase. Save 25% on that. Sign up for the news newsletter as well, so you know when things are dropping and when things are happening. We got some big things coming on that front. So go to latitudeoutdoors.com, sign up for the newsletter, like I said, and use that code, The Fall Podcast, because that, that helps the podcast run a little bit, because, you know, that's just what we're supposed to do here. And they got great products, so go use the code, save yourself some money. Exodus Trail Cams, exodusoutdoorgear.com. Take advantage of that five year warranty and the great customer service and the great products that they have, and go to exodusoutdoorgear.com and try out the new rival and try out the render excuse me next is method archery which was vector archery vector arrows i'm sorry um method archery they rebranded if you go to their website use uh fall 10 to save some money on there get some uh arrows coming honestly guys we're like literally within a week from turkey season starting in some states so like southern states they start like really early i i want to say like louisiana or mississippi one of the two are starting like within a week from now or something so if you guys want to shoot a turkey with a bow and you want some new arrows go to method archery and uh use the code fall 10 g5 prime um go to g5prime.com check out their bows that is a new partner for us we're shooting the rev x this year the rev x2 i'm sorry uh, their bows are awesome. That's another thing. Get those things dialed. Get them in right now. Buy one uh, or go to the pro shop and shoot one if you have a pro shop close and you'll you'll know why we're uh, we're teaming up with them. So um, and last is Garmin Bow Sites. So go check them out as well uh, at Garmin.com. Lastly, I do want to say go to the go to the website uh, fallpodcast.com. Check it out. The store. We're still working on the store. We got some awesome designs getting ready to come out. Um, we've got the pricing down. We've picked the designs, what we want to do. We picked the garments. Now it's just trying to get the garments in right now to, uh, get them on the website. So, uh, it's coming. It's soon. So go to the website, fallpodcast.com to check those out. And also go to, the YouTube channel, The Fall Podcast. Check out some of these episodes that are being filmed as well. And uh, subscribe to the, the YouTube channel. And uh, go to Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Leave a five-star rating and a written review. As always, greatly appreciated. Thank you for all the support, you guys. And uh, here is this interview with Jake and I as David is the main host. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Fall Podcast. And uh, if you're watching this, you can see Jake Bush is on with us. If not, you just heard his name. So the audio version is uh, is here as well. So, Jake, thanks for coming on, man. Um, this is one that uh, just kind of come to my head, and I was like, this would be kind of neat. I, I know talking to you a little bit, uh, a lot of people have asked you questions and me about our move to Latitude. And uh, I think – today david's going to kind of take over the hosting duties a little bit and just ask you and i questions about you know what we did before but also like what was the move like to latitude and why we want to do it what our goals are stuff like that 
and uh, I'm glad you were willing to come on. I know you would be just because you're such an easygoing dude and just love this stuff. So, um, and honestly, this is the first time you and I've actually have talked since we've um, really, you know, signed our contract and in, in full time latitude. So I'm happy to to jump on here and and talk to you about it too. Yeah, I'm really excited for the podcast. Thanks for uh, having me on. It should be a good conversation. Yeah, for sure. So, David, here it is, man. You're sweating. I can see it. It's like you're hosting your, you know, your hosting debut here. So, let her rip. What do you got for us, man? <laughs> well, I I appreciate the opportunity. And when you and I talked about the other day about you know maybe maybe taking this behind the scenes for people, mm-hmm. you know, because on on surface level, I think everyone out there on the on the social media world that have seen what you know Jake posted and then what Aaron's posted about you know jumping on with the Latitude crew and uh, kind of taking a leap of faith of the new opportunity and in a new career path. And I, we just thought it would be a really good idea of, you know, like you said, behind the scenes, like let's, let's dig deep into, you know, what you guys were doing beforehand and what you're going to be doing now and maybe even what you're going to look forward to the most during this. So, but, you know, I think a lot of people probably, you know, everyone that's listened to the podcast kind of already knows what Aaron's done for a living uh, he's kind of traveled the world, a lot of editing, you know, TV shows, photography, videography, all that work. But I don't know if a lot of people actually know what uh, Jake's actually done before taking this latitude job. So, Jake, why don't you explain to us kind of what you've been doing, uh, you know, for a career right now in your life? Yeah. So uh, right out of high school, I joined the military. I joined the Air Force and I actually chose uh, Malmstrom, Montana as a station. So I was in, you know, one of the outdoor capitals of the world, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I spent four years out there and I was an electronic technician in the service, basically. And that just opened up some doors to start as an electrician in a factory when I got back to New York. So moved to New York, started as an electrician and uh, eventually just kind of worked my way up through the ranks. And I got into like more of the control side. So I was, you know, working on control systems for machines and robotics and uh, product flow and things like that in these major in these major facilities. And uh, I've been doing that ever since I quit my job in 2019, as you know, I've told the story before, and I moved down to uh, Columbus, Ohio, just to a new manufacturing facility. And I picked a, a place that was going to let me work 12 hour shifts so I could have more time off. And it was really just a balance of both those worlds for the last four years. Okay. So with your current job now, you you talked about a 12 hour shift. Now, did you kind of have like a hard schedule every week? Was your schedule the exact same? Yeah. So it was two on, two off, three on, two off. So basically I worked five days one week and then the next day I would only work two days. And that schedule was really attractive to me because I was like, man, I could travel Every other weekend, I get a three-day weekend to go scout somewhere, and then every day off, obviously, I can scout Ohio. So that that worked out pretty well. That is crazy. Yeah. That's a that's we, a we, wild we, uh, schedule. <laughs> it was all it over is. the place. And the cool thing is, to take a week of vacation there, you only had to burn twenty-four hours. So you know, they gave me four weeks vacation, which is one hundred and sixty hours. So I, by the time that all my all my vacation time would take effect, it would equate for like almost 10 weeks of vacation a year. So I had a lot of opportunity to travel and hunt and everything. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. 
now with you know having such a you know even though maybe that job wasn't necessarily like you know in the quote-unquote hunting industry it, it was really flexible and and as a serious whitetail hunters and people with families like those flexible jobs are really nice where it's like I, you know, I can sacrifice kind of what the job is just because of, you know, the pros of the flexibility of it all. Yeah, I completely agree. That was a huge part of it for me was, you know, get to work and just put the time in and do what you need to do because the time off is going to be so good for the family life and for the deer hunter life. And it's so hard to balance those with your typical Monday through Friday, nine to five, you know, just having that little bit of flexibility just opened up a lot of doors. Yeah. Did you, yeah. did you ever yeah. see, um, you know, with that schedule, obviously that helps a ton with, cause you got a little, you got a young son, two years old. Right. And, yeah. um, you know, I got a young daughter as well. And, you know, honestly, as in my opinion, as bad as COVID was, there was some good in it because I had to go into a office every day for, you know, well, almost nine years. And then when COVID happened, we went home and now, you'd be hard pressed to get me to go back into an office because, and be in the corporate world because I just don't work well that way. Like I got to be able to, you know, I, I do really good work from 9 PM till midnight. You know what I mean? And I, in, in that time frame, I can get almost done quality hours there better than what I could do in the day. So, you know, with my schedule, I could go scout on Monday as long as my stuff's done and we're in on time and everything's flowing good, I could scout on Monday, you know, and make up for that time in a couple evenings. And I know that's coming, but, um, you know, it's just having that flexibility, like you said, is key. And, uh, it's a lot easier on your home life. Definitely. Um, and you know, not missing, missing a ball game or anything like that. My daughter's big into dance and big into to sports and stuff like that. So missing things is, is not my forte. I really like to be there and support. And, um, so yeah, definitely having the flexibility and that's something latitude you guys are going to hear going on in this podcast. Like they, that is, that is, that was a big draw for me. I really wanted to be able to have that flexibility as well, which they, that was the first thing they said to me was like, dude, you know, really relax here. Like we're going to do good shit, but like you got your time off if you need it. So yeah. Yeah. Now, you know, I, from an outsider looking in, both of you guys have done a, a really, really good job of kind of building a name for yourself. And from what I understand now, Latitude Outdoors actually reached out to you guys, correct? Like Latitude didn't have just kind of two job openings and people were applying. So they, they actually reached out to you. So I, I think that's really cool. But when they reached out to you guys, what was that first initial thought that was kind of running through your head about, you know, they kind of came to you about a job offer, but it also meant like leaving a current job and, you know, maybe how hard would it be to put that two weeks in, you know, like what was, what was that first thought kind of running through your head and, uh, maybe Aaron, take it off the top here. Um, it was, so with my boss, Mark Peterson, you know, I was pretty close to Mark, um, because I filmed him all the time, you know, and I was with him a lot. So, uh, I shouldn't say all the time, a lot, you know what I mean? It's not a lot of people are, you know, they might be close to like a project manager, which I was as well. We had a project manager I was really close with, but, um, that was, I knew that was going to be tough. But when, when Latitude approached me, uh, and this has been kind of an ongoing thing for a little while and, and, um, it just, it was the timing when they first approached me, the timing really wasn't right for either one of us. And, um, <clears throat> it just, I knew it was going to be a thing where 
we probably it, it would work out eventually but the timing had to be right and it took a while you know um and in in turn or you know in in whatever you want to call it i guess obviously they're working with the podcast so that was we we're already working together through that but there was always uh, you know not always but there was some talk of like they like what i can do and kind of a swiss army knife in a way and and um just things that I could bring to them. So it was just a timing thing. And then this off season, it was just to the point where the timing was, <clears throat> was going to be right. And they approached me again. And, you know, there were some things going on in my cur- my old job that was just like, I could see the writing on the wall some things. Some people were leaving. Um, some roles were going to have to be filled. And from where I'm at, like I've been traveling for almost 12 years now around the, around the, around the world filming and having a young family that's just not conducive anymore. Um, I don't mind traveling here and there, uh, domestic stuff, you know, but having a trip to have to go to overseas, I was going to have to go to overseas at least three times this year for at least two weeks uh, a pop almost. And, I mean, that's a lot of time away overseas. And um, it was just to the point where I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to miss too much. Uh, it was a stress life on my family. And, uh, you know, it was, there was a sign. It was just like, this is the thing I need to do. And also there was another, you know, there was another thing that I was like, I didn't want to make a lateral move to be like, Hey, I'm going to, I'll come on and I'll just film you guys. Like I've been doing for the last 12 years. I didn't want to have to do that. If you want me to come and film, I will gladly come in and film a couple trips or whatever. But I, my hunting has been on the back burner for 12 years. The hunting that I've done has been very, I haven't been able to put the time in that I wanted to. And luckily, I don't know how I've had the success, you know, just being more efficient, I guess. But like David, you know, I mean, this year I only hunted nine times last year. I only hunted 13 times. So it's like you have to pick and choose when you can do those. Um, so I still want to be able to like put a little more time into hunting, but also, uh, do it for latitude and still film a little bit. I'm going to, ha- I'm going to be in a different role as far as like marketing and content coordinating. So, um, that was a breath of fresh air as well. It wasn't a ladder mo- lateral move. It was kind of a move up for me and, uh, something new and something that I'm really passionate about and, and can be creative again. So that's kind of where I was coming from with it. Yeah. It, it, it sounds like, you know, y- you had already kind of planted that seed. You guys already had a really good working relationship with the podcast already. And, and it, they kind of, they really knew what they were going to get with you on board. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Yeah. So how about you, Jake? How, how hard was that, you know, to, to put those, those two weeks in at the, the current job that offered a lot of flexibility and, and, you know, your first initial thoughts when, when Latitude actually contacted you? You know, my relationship with Latitude started uh, a little over two years ago, and Alex reached out to me at first, and right away we just clicked. Like, I I really like Alex as a person. He's uh, very intelligent. He is a very passionate hunter himself. He's, you know, awesome at hunting. He's very humble, but he's a a, a very good hunter, and I respect him a lot in that aspect as well. Um, They sent me out some gear, and right off the bat, like, as soon as I got the box of gear, I was really impressed. I mean, even things as small as like the packaging of the gear, there was just, there was no detail that wasn't covered and that wasn't perfect in my opinion. And I got into running their gear and I was more than happy. It was very comfortable. Everything that was on there made a lot of sense. It was efficient. 
And I remember telling myself, this is a company that is doing it for all the right reasons. This isn't a product push. This isn't a way to make money. These guys are making different products passionately because that's what they want to use as well. And I was, you know, from right from the start, very impressed. Um, and then, you know, this opportunity came up and I was shocked to be honest with you. I mean, I didn't think that that was ever even a possibility. Um, I just assumed that I was going to work in a factory and that was more than okay. You know, I'd move up through the ranks of the factory life as much as I could and find as much flexibility as I could for my family and my other passions. Um, but when the, when the opportunity arose, I was really excited and there was, there was a little bit of nervousness there, but it was more of trying to figure out how to manage everything. And it, it's, it's kind of difficult because at one point I remember telling myself like, this is definitely my dream. I want to chase this. Like I love hunting. I love, uh, you know, teaching people about hunting and the education side of things, which is kind of what I'm going to be focused on. Uh, and I just want to, I want to give it a shot really is what it came down to. Um, but yeah, it was, it, I was a little nervous at first because I had to try to, I, I was trying to figure out, is this the right thing to do? You know, I'm chasing a dream. And it's going to be, it's like different from societal, from societal norm, if you will. Mm -hmm. And that was a weird thing for me to kind of wrap my head around. But once I wrapped my head around that and I was like, no, you know what, this is, you know, sort of what the world's turning into in some aspects and this is okay. And this is a, a route that you can take and you can make an impact on a lot of lives and hopefully on this company and help design great products for people and help educate them and everything else, I, I decided, you know what, it was the right move to make. And uh, there really wasn't much persuasion that I needed after that point. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear which is why Midway USA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, The Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to agree. There wasn't much persuasion I needed either. And I want to go back on a point Jake made about the societal norm. I've been working ever since I got out of college with my degree, I've been doing filming and, and producing and stuff like that. And, you know, I still to this day get people to come up and ask what I do for a living. And I tell them and I've had people say, oh, well, when are you going to get a real job? Like I've had people say that to me to my face and I'm like, 
well, just because I don't work as an accountant or in a doctor's office or whatever it is, like the norm, doesn't mean I don't have a real job. I've had the most fun I've ever had in the last decade. And I, that's how I want to be. Like, I don't want to have, when you put restraints on me is when I don't do well. Like I, you, you kind of, I'm like a peacock. You got to let me fly kind of thing. You know, you gotta, (laughs) you gotta let me go. And you know, that for Jake and just, you know, cause you, like you said, you've been kind of structured and not that we're not going to have structure. There's going to be a lot of structure. I'm a big structure person, but like, yeah, you know, when somebody comes up to you and you say, yeah, I don't, you know, I, I work at the factory down the road or whatever you're, it's different, but I'm okay with it because I feel like I'm kind of a different cat, you know, and that's what like makes me tick. Um, so it is different to, to feel that way, but I will say the persuasion thing for me as well. I mean, honestly, I had the contract signed before they sent it over to me, really. It was just I, I was just ready because I got to I got to a point where I was working before, which wasn't a bad place at all, where the creativity was capped. I feel like the creativity was it was it, it was restricted because it didn't come from down from the top. Like it was just like you know, it's really hard to be creative when, um, when you might, I don't want to say this the wrong way. Um, when it, it's, it's got to trickle down, you know what I mean? And it didn't really trickle down. It was just like, Oh, that sounds good. Put a stamp on it. Let's get it out. No, I don't, I don't want to do that. I'm ready to like broaden the horizons again. Let's get creative again. Let's blow some shit up and let's do like, have a lot of fun doing it. If that makes sense. Yeah. Right. No, it, it does. Um, you guys made some great points there. And what I almost think you're trying to say there is like, you don't want just rinse and repeat. 100%. Right. You know, like, let's, let's, we want new ideas. We want fresh ideas. 100%. You know? Because, you know, bringing you two in is, is it's a, it's very interesting, you know, because right down here in my notes, you know, I have that, you know, like Aaron's worked in the outdoor industry for, you know, 10 plus years, like he just talked about. You know, I, I, it sounds like this is going to be Jake's kind of first career path in the outdoor industry, you know. So, and not only is it a, a dream job, but like he had that, like that security at his old job. He had that, you know, he, that flexibility. He knew, he knew what it was going to be in day in, day out, where it's like, how, how's that saying go? You know, you got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable and you know taking that that leap of faith you know is is it's it's really awesome to see people do and especially like I, I'm such a passion person I don't care like what someone's passion is I just want everyone to have a passion so when I see guys chasing that passion I love it yep. I love it 110 percent yeah <clears throat> yeah so um what you guys kind of hit on it a little bit, but let's break down exactly like what your guys' roles are going to be inside of Latitude Outdoors. Yeah, so I will be the customer education coordinator. So that's going to be working alongside uh, Aaron quite a bit, working alongside Derek and Corey. Um, and we're really just going to try to come up with some sort of, uh, you know, we're going to try to come up with content based around the education side of hunting as well and, and gear use. Um, so that's going to be something that we focus on quite a bit. We're going to have, like Aaron said, a lot of creativity there to kind of mold that how we want to and direct it the, the way that we want it to go. Um, and then we're obviously still going to hunt quite a bit and we're going to be producing some hunting films, which is going to be absolutely awesome. And, uh, aside from that, just some gear testing on the side and that'll pretty much wrap it up for me. 
Yeah, and what to further what Jake's gonna like gonna be spearheading is huge, and I think he's the perfect person for that because I don't know anybody as detailed as you are. It just in like everyday stuff, and that's what you need when it when it comes to the educational side of things and to, and and checking every box. You know what I mean? It's easy for us being quote unquote experienced hunters or experienced outdoorsmen to not think about maybe the the novice or the the you know and I do the same thing like I kind of breeze over it you know a little bit and it's you know there's a lot of room out there for teaching people it might be about hill country hunting or bed hunting or it could be about how to saddle hunt 101 or 2.1 or something like that which is going to be a big proponent of what we're trying to do with latitude and where it needs to go. And honestly, I don't think there's a lot of people out there that are covering those bases that well. Um, and I think we're going to have some structure and we're going to have the right people, i.e. Jake in place to be able to do that. And he mentioned Derek and Corey and Alex and some creative mother effers, man, like, and some thinkers and some, you know, idea guys and not only idea guys, but guys that can just, from A to Z can push the buttons and can get it out and publish it. We're all Swiss army knives in my opinion. Like we can all wear different hats, which is so cool and so huge for me. So yeah, I'm excited for that as well. Um, for what I'm going to be doing is more of like a content coordinator. Uh, basically Corey and I, Corey, uh, Godar is the, is the marketing director. Him and I are going to be attached at the hip a lot. We talk every day, um, it's more of going to be helping on a marketing side with the products, but also what kind of content we can be doing to market those products and how, what, what campaigns and everything we can be doing, um, to get the word out there, but also creating ambassador, ambassador lists and getting people out there beating the latitude drum, but not only beating it, but really believing in it and believing what latitude is and what we're about and how to grow us but also to how to grow them as well, you know, with podcast, um, ambassadors, also all that. So I'll be controlling all, I shouldn't say controlling, helping with all that and spearheading that. But again, working with Jake and Derek and Corey, we're, we're kind of going to be like a three headed monster in a way with Alex as well. Alex has got his hands on a lot of this stuff. And like Jake said, he's a creative dude and smart, smart guy. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what I'm going to do in a nutshell as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, the first thing that kind of came to my mind when you listen off the names of, you know, Alex and Corey and Derek and, and Jake and Kevin, you know, is uh, I've been fortunate enough to, you know, share camp with those guys and, and be with them down at ATA that, you know, when I when I talk to all those guys, you can tell they're they all have their own personality. And I think that's what makes Latitude so well right? Like it's so well-rounded that, you know, all like these three people are not the same people, but what they do all have is they all have a passion for it, you know, and, and, and Jake hit on it earlier about like when he first got the latitude gear. Um, it's interesting that he said that because that's always the first thing that comes to my mind that someone asked me, they says, well, what did you like about latitude over, you know, X other brands. And I said, it's for me, it's the attention to the smallest details on the stuff. It's, it's the tags, it's the freaking, the box that they put it in, you know, like the stitch, like there's so much detail on it, but all that detail comes from, you know, a, a bunch of different brains inside that company, but all have that one passion in, in mind. 
Yeah, no, I agree. And it goes to far as like when you take the saddle out, it's got like a little QR code on it. You can scan it with your phone and it takes you right to a video to how to use it. Like that stuff yeah. right there is just the little details that nobody else is doing. That's like, huh, it's so simple, but it's so effective, you know, yeah. and the topo lines, I'm actually, I'm looking at the box right now because I have my computer set on it because that's how much I love the box. <laughs> but the, the topo lines and um, like even on the ropes, on the like the little neoprene stuff on the ropes, like they have latitude and it's like, it just looks so good. You know, it just makes you want to be a part of it, honestly. Yeah. I mean, how many times are you sitting there, you know, you know, grinding it out and all day hunt or whatever it may be, and, you know, you're, you know, you're strapped in. And you're sitting there looking at that rope dangling right in front of you. And you're always looking at that little thing where it says latitude on it. And you, everyone does it. They're trying to get like a really good picture of just <laughs> yeah. that little part, you know? Yep. For sure. <laughs> so what did, you know, so you guys are, you guys both just started this week, right? Yeah. I'm, yeah. Like yesterday. <laughs> well, like yesterday. as we oh, record yeah. this, this will be going live Tuesday. So we recorded this as you guys are listening to it a week ago. So we're technically almost a week into the new job. So, yeah. 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 So what do, what do you guys, uh, you know, with being, even though it's fresh in the job, you guys had to been kind of, you know, putting some ideas through your head leading up into this, this new start date that do you guys actually have any personal goals, um, with joining the latitude crew with your new position there? Uh, we'll, we'll take it to Jake here first. Uh, I would say that, I really just want to just be a, a valuable part of the team. You know, I want to bring my own little thing to the team and and just help them produce the best gear and the best content that we can. That's that's all that I really want to do at the end of the day. Yeah, it, I, yeah. I'm going to echo that as well, is just keep the ball rolling forward. And my, my overarching goal is I want – people all over to know latitude as the standard in the mobile hunting game like when you think mobile hunting i want people to think latitude you know and we talk a lot about the first to first to market like the yeti you know like remember when yeti came out they were the first ones but then you have a hundred other coolers that have different names but for some reason even though it might be a grizzly cooler it's called a yeti like that's just the standard um you know, you could say like tethered was probably the first one of the game. So I almost feel like we're chasing. I don't want to chase anymore. I want to be the standard. So that is my ultimate goal and whatever it takes to get there, I'm willing to do. Um, and yeah, that, that's, that's where my head's at. And I don't want to, I don't want to settle for second, to be honest with you. Yeah, uh, I I love that. Those are both great answers, you know, and and kind of being the standard man. It's that that's such that's such a good way to look at it because you know if you really look at it from a ten thousand foot view right now, with the way they kind of came off of ATA this year with those new sticks, I mean, it's it's hard not to be thinking like that right now. Yeah, definitely a lot of momentum right now. Just got to pour the fuel to it. Yeah, yeah, pour fuel on the fire. You bet. Yeah. You know, so this this last year, uh, I think actually both of you guys were actually already part of it. Um, Latitude did a lot of uh, hunting camps this last year, and they they traveled to like a handful of states. I can't remember. I thought I thought I heard maybe Derek say they were in like six different states or something like that. Um, I think Derek came down with you, Jake, and did some filming, and then and uh, Aaron. I think maybe uh, Corey did some filming with you when we were up there in, at the Northern Michigan Deer yep. Camp. You know, so you know 
those guys are doing a lot of camps and it sounds like they're going to maybe doing do that even more moving forward this next year but the one thing i see is like not only are those camps fun like you've heard those guys talk about like they didn't have any issues between two hunters or two cameramen like they they're just a great group of guys but those camps are also full of a bunch of good killers too in my opinion i mean very well educated deer hunters um, how much are you guys going to be able to get opportunities to join along in those camps also this next, this next season? Yeah. I'm going to uh, try to be at every one of them that I can. Uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry, Aaron, yeah. but yeah, I'll, I'll no, try to get every one of them. Um, I didn't get a chance to go to any of them this year, but they looked like an absolute blast and you're exactly right. There was not only a lot of fun to be had there, but there was some absolute killers and I'm really excited to get around all those guys and, kind of see how everybody has their own approach to uh, these different areas within like, you know, these, these certain wildlife units and uh, it should be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm super excited. Yeah, I'm, I agree. I'm going to try to be on as many as I can. Um, I actually have a big trip planned for Kansas this year and I've been waiting to get back there, but um, like me, I'm exact opposite of Jake. Like I've sat twice on public land. That's it. And he's, that's the majority of what he does. So you know, it's a big goal of mine to really tackle the public game um, and get that first public deer down, honestly. So that's a goal of mine this year. Um, I want to be on as many trips as I can, but also like within reason of like family too, you know, because that's, that's something I've done for 12 years now is like, you know, leaving October 15th and not getting back till Thanksgiving. Like that's what I've done. And it's like, you know, being able to be here for, uh, um, Halloween for my daughter or something like that is a, is kind of a big deal for me. So, um, you know, as much as I can, I want to be on them, but like, I'll, I'll, I'm going to take it back to Northern Michigan last year. And this is the first time that I got to hunt with Alex and Kevin, Jake and be in camp and everything. And, you know, Alex and I were sitting there and we were trying to break down this, this clear cut. And, uh, I was kind of telling him my idea on the map or whatnot. And he's like, dude, that's an awesome idea. But he's like, Look at it this way too. And he's like, I just want to sh send you a different perspective. And this is how I learned. Like we could talk to the best deer killers on this podcast, but in, for me to really ingest it, I need like a visual. Like I, and Jake, I think the last podcast you and I did, I was drawing pictures as you were telling me so I could visualize it, you know? Um, so we're looking at Onyx and everything. And Alex is, he's, you know, just the way he was explaining things. I'm like, gosh, I didn't think of it that way. So that was really cool to me. And that changed my approach going into that clear cut, you know, and, um, just trying new ideas and getting to be around like-minded guys, but maybe might have a little different tweak on it, but they still have the end same end goal is really fun for me. Um, and that's what I'm looking forward to, to, to doing more in the laughs, man. You know, it's going to be, we're going to be laughing so much like Jake metallic is, is gosh, I just love spending so much time with Jake Metallic because I just have a grin on my face every time I'm with him. Like it, you just never know what he's going to say. <laughs> I just love it. So yeah. 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 I, I, I totally agree. You know, outside of, uh, you know, having a phone call with, with Alex before, um, when we went up to that Michigan deer camp, that was, that was my first time actually meeting those guys in person. And, you know, my, my trip was cut short because, uh, you know, my daughter had homecoming and I wouldn't trade that for the world. But, you know, I look back at that trip and it's like, I, I hunted one time, I hunted one evening and I, you know, I, let's just say I, I put four hours into hunting. I probably, we scout Aaron, how, 
we probably scouted for what six hours, so ten hours yeah. total there. But I think I, but I think I tracked for like twenty hours. You know, yeah, like, we tracked but Alex's I, I wouldn't, buck for eight days. It felt like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I wouldn't trade that for the world because it was like, that's a first. Like I'm not used to hunting camps like that. Like mm-hmm. this was usually a solo thing for me. Where getting yeah. up there around those guys, it was like that. That was so awesome. But so then when I would see them, you know, I'd see pictures or videos of like here they are in x state or y state or it's like you knew they took that same atmosphere and just applied it into a whole nother state where it's like damn that that looks like a lot of fun for sure yep yeah definitely yeah so so aaron i i gotta ask you something real quick because i i've heard you talk about it a couple times and the opportunities are are coming up now for you when you're talking about traveling out of state and a lot of this traveling out of state now is is gonna be public land and and that's you know like you said you're just starting to dip your toes into that now you're going to states that are typically better than michigan right but it Mm -hmm. is public land so is is this is this something that's kind of scary for you or are you kind of excited and embracing like that new kind of adventure super excited just to be doing something different uh seeing different trees as i'd like to say and and seeing different terrain and and i'm pretty good in the flat ground like i love that's what i hunt that's what i've grown up hunting I love doing that. Um, the hill country stuff, like the Jake Bush stuff, like that stuff I'm very new at. I've only been able to do it a couple times. Um, but, like, I'm very excited about it. But I will say opening up a map and seeing 16,000 acres is intimidating as hell. Um, but all those butterflies seem – because I've scouted a lot of public. I just haven't hunted a lot of public. So – breaking those down and, and and it seems like the butterflies and everything go away when i pull up to the to to a parking lot and it's just like you know it's it's one of those things like i equate it to like getting ready for a big game or something like that it's like butterflies all week practice all week butterflies and then you walk into the gym and the crowd's going it's like butterflies but when the tip happens we're here we've been here we know what to do there's a there's a goal to be had let's figure it out um you know and that's how, kind of how it was with playing football too. It's like I always wanted to be on the kickoff team. I wanted to get that first hit out of the way because that gets rid of all the butterflies, you know. And then the rest of the game is just is just cake. You, you've been here, so it's just one of those things that's really intimidating until I get there. And then when I start getting boots on the ground, it's just like everything goes away, and it's just like I'm here. Let's do it, you know. So I'm excited, but anxious, I guess I could say. Yeah, yeah. That that that's a great way of putting it, you know. And and. When we were down at ATA, you know, because is Corey's approached me about you know wanting to want me to tag along on, on one of these trips, if not a couple, and and so I was kind of picking their brains down at ATA because I I you know I'm such a research person, and I was like, well, I'll figure out where their favorite place was, and I figured probably all of them were going to be the same, but maybe one. I shit you not. I asked every one of those guys, and they all had a different answer. I'm like, guys, you, <laughs> yeah. you're giving me no help here. You know, like, <laughs> you know, like, you know, one guy would say, "Well, I like this state because it's similar to home," kind of what Aaron just said. You know, and and I, you know, one guy said, "Well, I like this state because I've hunted it a couple times." And then, you know, of course, you know, you have you know, like, you know, we've all seen that that deer out there on on uh, Alex's hunt. I'm not going to say the state, but just world-class animal yep. and of course he's gonna say that state you know that's my favorite state yep. you know so I'm, I'm trying to like decide what hunt i maybe want to go on with those guys but it's like they're not helping me out one bit you know yeah <laughs> now you know jake you've seen that they've they've traveled across a couple different states and maybe some states you've hunted already maybe some states you haven't um 
let let let's pick a state that maybe that you've seen that they went to that you haven't hunted yet. Out of those states, um, is there a particular state that you're really looking forward to maybe joining that uh, one of those hunt camps on? I mean, it's hard for me to choose one to be honest with you because I love it so much. But uh, I would I would probably have to say a different type of terrain than I'm used to. So let's get out of the hill country. Uh, I did Kansas two years ago and I loved it out there. So uh, probably I would probably say Nebraska to be honest with you. Uh, early season velvet hunt, they're going to be on some pretty good patterns. If you get out there early enough, you should be able to glass them and establish those patterns, and then find some weaknesses, uh, find some destination food sources, and then go in and try to strike. And I don't know what the pressure's like. You know, I've never been there before, but if the pressure's heavy, that's another thing that you have to navigate and try to figure out. And that excites me. I really enjoyed that about Kansas. Was you know driving around, finding vehicles, and just going back to the basics and saying, okay, how can I, how can I be different? What can I do that's different than every other person that's out here? And I finally found something that was a little different and it worked. So, uh, yeah, I, I really, I like the challenge more than anything else of, you know, some of the new terrain and, and some of the things of like pressure, like I brought up and, um, yeah, probably Nebraska. Yeah. I gotta, yeah. I gotta add I like, something onto that. Hang on, David. Yeah. I gotta ask. You're good. Jake, how, how is your approach going to change on these trips as far as like only being possibly seven to 10 day trips? Now, is it something, cause you know, with you being in Ohio and that being like your main state, I mean, this year you put in a lot of time. Um, I mean, a lot of time. So being able to probably not put in that much time, how are you going to make sure you get in the right amount of time to be efficient and successful, you know, and maybe reach your goals on like a shorter trip. That's a good question. Um, if it's, if it's close to Ohio, I plan on scouting it at least like a three day trip this summer, you know, go put some cameras out, try to find whether it's like a rut situation, find some good rut corridors, or if it's an early season situation, find, uh, white oak flats, for example, or where there's going to be a cornfield or a bean field. Um, so that's something that I'm going to pay a lot of attention to. And I would say, I would say that, uh, rephrase, rephrase the question for me one more time. Sorry about that. No, you're good. It, it what I'm looking for is just like, how, how are you going to be able to put whatever that right amount of time is for you? to be efficient and successful in a seven to eight, seven to 10 day hunt, knowing you might only have that seven to 10 days to hunt it. I mean, you could always go back, but I'm just saying yeah. like, okay, if you just have this one trip you're going on, you know, in Ohio, you get to scout every day if you want, how are you going to, you know, switch up your approach a little bit to be successful in the condensed version of like that shorter trip? Yeah, no, that's fair. I would say that, uh, I'm still going to take like what I did with Kansas, for example, and have a couple days of scouting before I even think about hunting, unless I find something that's like absolutely dynamite, but I'm going to run around and just try to locate good areas first. Um, and some of these states, they're just going to be difficult on the first year. And I think that I'm going to look at them in more of like a three to five year plan, mm -hmm. you know, go in and find out a certain amount of information and throw some hunts at it and see what I can come up with and then evolve with that information the next year and see how I attack it then and then just kind of add on top of each other and uh hopefully three to five years down the road in some of those states I can be really efficient I love it man because and David and I talk about it too is like a lot of people you know let's just talk about the 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 general norm hunter 
I don't really put us in that equation because we can kind of come and go and do things. We can we could travel on four or five out of state hunts a year if we want. Um, it, like some guys, a lot, a majority of the guys might only do one trip a year. So, um, I guess what I'm getting at is like a lot of guys they put a lot of time and effort into that one trip, and I don't think they look at it as like a long game play. They look at it as I got a lot of pressure on me. I want to get this done. I got a lot of money wrapped up into this tag. I got family at home that's missing me and everything, which we have as well. Like we still have that, but we just have the luxury of having the, uh, being able to have the time off to go do multiple. Um, so I like that answer because I think everybody should be feeling or like approaching it that way and kind of, uh, um, that's the word I'm looking for. Trying to like set it up to be able, yeah, you might not be able to hunt this same place for three years in a row, but like you could chip off a little bit this year and you might come back in two years and that's going to help you with that. You know what I'm saying? Like not like just going into it without a plan, like have a plan, but don't think you need to get it done day one or if it's, it's okay if you don't get it done this trip, you know what I mean? You can, you know, I guess it's, I'm, I really don't, know how i'm trying to say it you know what i mean like oh that's that's perfect and i think like i look at it like i looked at this season you know i knew going into this season that i was going to struggle and i could have put a bunch of pressure on my shoulders and made it miserable but i never did like i never had the expectation of going out and killing a deer i just wanted to learn and figure out as much as i could this year and if it happened and i got on a good one well that's awesome but it wasn't something that i was going to like try to force and become miserable with the situation. And it's the same thing with an out-of-state hunt. The minute that you get into trying to force it, it's not going to be as enjoyable either. And yep. that's that's taking away from the hunt for me. You know, it's a process. It's not a kill necessarily. So, there you go. Yeah, I like yeah. that. That should be a T-shirt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I I honestly that that's I honestly believe that's that's a common thing and and uh really consistent killers is they, they care about the process more than the actual kill. But, you know, when, when you sit there and you talk about that five day hunt, that seven day hunt or that 10 day hunt, a lot of times, you know, in my opinion, guys are taking those hunts to places that they believe are better than where they call home. Right. So they automatically think that the hunting is going to be better for that week. But what I think it's overlooked is, you know, like say here in Michigan, right. I can pretty much go to anywhere in the Midwest and it's probably going to be better than what I have here. But what's different is I have a year-round process here. When I go out of state, I have five, seven, maybe 10 days if I'm lucky. So, you know, let's say, let's just say like I, I come home on year one, I didn't kill anything in seven days where it's like, there's still a lot I can hang my hat on. I still learned a lot. Like that three-year process, hell, when I get a new property around here in Michigan, I treat it like a three-year process. By year three, I should be able to have it pretty much dialed and figure out where I need to be to kill a deer. But it's it's very easy to think like, man, I, I can't believe I went to a better state than what I hunt already and I didn't kill it. But it's like, remember, what you do in your home state, That's it. you're getting year-round information, mm-hmm. year-round homework, year-round boots on the ground. We're like, that. that is a huge difference. That the, That is a monster difference. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So kind of moving forward here, um, kind of a couple, couple more questions here with, with, I knew, I knew, I knew when I got on that hunting trip one that that would go down a rabbit hole. I knew it. <laughs> I would be like, 
I, I hit that. The old I was podcast like, host was taking over in me like, shit, I got to ask Jake this question. I, I yeah, no, no, it's, it's good though, right? <laughs> yeah. That's what we care about. Right? That, yep. That's the awesome stuff, yep. right? But So, you know, what would you say if you if he kind of had to list one thing and then he, you can talk about it a little bit, but what are you looking forward to like the most about the new job? And it, it can be something selfish or it can be something like, just the new opportunity to be in the hunting industry or a break from what I was doing before. Like, I, I don't, there's no right or wrong answer. I'm just looking forward to like, what is the one thing that you're looking forward to the most? And uh, we'll let Aaron take this question first. Uh, I think right off the rip, having a young team that is hungry. I mean, every one of us is hungry uh, and eager and has the same mindset uh you know, same mindset, everybody across the board, I think is, is on the same page and it's contagious. Like the hungriness is contagious because you look at the guy next to you and you're like, man, Derek's doing some unbelievable work right there. Like I need to, you know, we need to keep my game up here. Like we got to keep like that little bit of competitiveness, which is fun. And it's, we're not trying to be that way, but it's like, it, it that's what breathes success in companies I feel like and I think we have an unbelievable team um it's probably not the sexy answer but that's what I'm excited about is just a core group of dudes that is got the same mindset hungry eager and ready to just make the best shit out there possible whether that could be gear mobile gear or anything like that or content and just having fun doing it I mean when we go to ATA it was like Every night we were going out and having supper and getting a couple drinks and just bullshitting, man. Just talking and just, you know, guys night. You know, it's just a lot of fun. It, every day's deer camp for me, it feels like, with those guys. And that that's fun for me. Yeah, I love that. that that's a great answer. You know, when we, it, something that sparked a, uh, something in my mind when you talked about ATA. I was talking to uh, Derek, the one of the camera guys, you know, and I just, I love talking to passionate people. And I was asking him, being like, well, what made you want to get into filming you know i i can tell he he arguably loves filming more than he does hunting you know and and i i don't want to say his answer because i'd love to have him on the podcast and really break down his answer but he, when he told me why he got into it and what he loved most about it it was like i've never heard anyone say that but it also instantly made me think like the the way he answered that question is why he's going to pick up different things than someone else is going to you mm -hmm. could just you could feel that passion for it yep for sure. Yeah. So how about you, Jake? Uh, I'm a lot like you, David. I'm a passion person. And that's something that I look for in other people. And the number one thing that I'm excited about with Latitude is the fact that every one of these guys, including Aaron, are very passionate about what they do. And they're all masters in their craft. And I'm just excited to be around that. You know, coming from factory life, let's be honest, like a lot of my coworkers there, and I've even fallen into the same <laughs> traps where I wake up at... 3.45 in the morning, I uh, roll out of bed, I drive to work, you know, an hour commute, I get there, I have a couple meetings, I'm not happy with my day, but I'm going through the motions and it just becomes this like rolling, this ball that just rolls through your life and before you know it, years have gone by and it's just, there's, there's nothing that ignites a fire inside me for that mm -hmm. and I'm really excited to work alongside guys that are just so passionate about what they do and they bring so much to the table because of that and it elevates you and it, it it elevates your passion and it elevates your creativity and you as a person and i'm i'm i couldn't be more excited for that 
Yeah. Yeah. Now, the question for you, Jake, you know, coming off of, you know, a long, grueling season and kind of your season had just ended about a month ago or so, I believe. And now starting this new job, like, are you fully like re-energized? Like like that, that fire has been lit again for you? It never went away, man, to be honest with you. It was, I, I took about a week and a half off to spend with my son and my girlfriend and catch up, you know, I, for some lost time because I had a selfish season. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm ready to go. I mean, I'm full scouting mode. I'm full content mode. I'm full latitude mode. This is all so exciting for me and so fresh that I couldn't be more happy at this point. Awesome, man. Awesome. All right. So I I just got one more question for you guys before we wrap it up. It's going to be kind of a fun one. I want each of you guys to kind of break down your full latitude setup going into this next 2023 season. Uh, we'll, we'll start with uh, your setup, Jake. Okay. So, uh, I've ran the classic for two seasons and I really love that saddle. And then at the end of this year, I started wearing more clothing because it was, you know, down in the teens, a couple of days. And I switched over to the method and that was absolutely awesome. I've never ran a two panel before and the comfort level from that is just unbelievable. Like the adjustability, um, a lot of my walks in were well over a mile and the ability, it just packs down so nice and it's all so compact that I don't see myself going away from that anytime soon. Um, I've ran back and forth on the platforms a little bit. I really like the design of the X-Wing and I'm going to be testing that out quite a bit. So there's a good chance that I'll be running that quite a bit. Um, and then, you know, obviously bow hangers, ropes and everything else, but, uh, oh, the sticks, of course I'll be running the sticks. They're absolutely (laughs) awesome too. Um, the sticks are, I mean, super packable. I got to use them a couple times this year and they're, they're crazy packable. They're really lightweight. They grabbed the tree, like no compact double that I've ever used personally. You know, there's, there's doubles that you always gain and lose something with a climbing stick. You know, if you have packability, you're going to lose, uh, weight or you're going to lose other things. So I think that they found, they had, they, they found a way to balance everything very well. And it just fits my style. Like it meshes right into my system that I already have. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. Are you going to yeah. run any aiders at all, Jake? Just think? the aiders that come on them. So it'll be the yep. standard latitude aiders. Um, I'll probably run, probably run four sticks, but I bounce back and forth with that. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. being in the, like, I would like to hunt low more often just from a cover standpoint, but being in the hills, there's times when I need to be really high up, uh, me and Derek this year, actually, we had one setup late season where there's no cover on the side of a really steep ridge because we were trying to get close to this buck's travel corridor right off his bed where we were 36 feet just to be eye level with his trail. But we were only 15 yards off the trail. So you just, you know, if you're 15 feet up, you're going to be 20 feet underneath that deer looking up at him and it's just not going to work. So uh, I like to run more sticks just for that reason yeah it's yeah. it's such a it's such a situational dependent you know answer you know where it's like you you get out to nebraska and you may need two you know what i mean but you get down in hill country with no foliage on and you need five you know yeah it's, that's a tough one what's your setup gonna look like aaron well with the sticks i've been running for like the last three years i've been only running three and that's just been a weight thing you know what i mean and just because I didn't want to take another stick in with me. And yeah, we're talking probably two pounds or maybe not even that, but it's like, man, that's, that can be in the bulk, you know, but this year, I mean, like Jake said, the way these sticks, they, 
the weight, they're 19 ounces and the way they pack is like, there's for sure going to be four. Like I'm going to have four and I'm probably going to have eighters on all of them. Just, just to have that flexibility, I mean, the eighters are nothing to have on those things. So the sticks for sure. Um, and then I've been running the method two and then I just love the adjustability on the thing. The comfort, Jake already hit on the comfort. I'm going to echo that as well. The comfort is is unmatched. Uh, I do have a classic as well. I use the classic more in the spring um, when I'm doing my spring scouting and everything. And, and having to, ha- I always take one stick with me and I just wear it because it's not very big and it's light. And if I need to get up and I use it as just like a lineman's rope just to put a camera up or something like that. And um so the method two and then uh the x-wing so i ran the x-wing all this last year i was hesitant about it at first uh when i first saw it before i used it and i'm like i'm I'm gonna give it a shot though i want to give it so i used it and then i used kevin's rebel which is like the full platform which is a really nice platform as well i used it for a couple sits I just gravitate towards the X-Wing. I really like the the wings on it. I really like the points where you can pull out your feet. Um, and I don't have very big feet, you know, so I really don't need a lot of room on, uh, you know, on my platform. So X-Wing platform again, uh, the gear strap that they offer. Yeah, that's that's my setup. I think with the sticks, I think uh, with the platform and the sticks and the set, I'm not even going to count the saddle, but... I think it's going to be around six pounds total weight, which is, I don't know if you can get much, <laughs> much less than that in weight in uh, bulk. So that's going to be yeah, my set. I mean, just, you, you can't be, I mean, the six pounds, I, I think back, you know, 11 years ago when I get into, got into mobile hunting and, you know, the lone wolf assault too it, itself was 11. You know what I mean? So to, to think yeah. about just six for a, a complete setup is, it's just mind boggling, but yeah, well, I, I appreciate it, guys. I, I appreciate Aaron, you know, letting me kind of, you know, somewhat run the, try to run the show today. Probably didn't do a very good job, but here we are. <laughs> but, uh, you know, congratulations, guys, on the new positions. I'm looking forward to what's to come. I know some awesome stuff's coming down the pipeline, but once again, congrats. Really looking forward to everything. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Thanks, Aaron. <laughs> a life that has the stories to back it a life to be proud of it's a winchester life yeah baby six eight western i'll be over there baby right there tune in every tuesday at 7 p.m eastern on waypoint tv Join Captain Justin Leake and Meredith McCord for the best fishing action along Panama City Beach. Tune in to Chasing the Sun every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.